Hey Vikes, I'm Lillian Smith with the Norseman Podcast, and I'm here with athletic trainers Josh Woodall and Trent Cox to talk about the new heat protocol measures that were put in place this year. Did the heat procedures and protocols exist before the heat of this year? They actually did. Um, so here at uh, Bryan High School, we uh, had heat protocols in place. Uh, we've been using this standard for a few years now. And uh, prior to this, we were using a heat index standard, but uh, but we have had heat protocols in place for, for several years. The new piece of this was that the UIL uh, changed their recommendations to include wet bulb globe temperature, which is what we've uh, been using and, and uh, is now recommended statewide. Uh, where does the information come from for the wet bulb globe temperature? And like, how does it take into effect temperature, wind speeds, humidity, and other factors? So uh, we have weather stations built uh, or installed uh, at our facilities. So at Merrill Green Stadium on top of the press box, there's a weather station there. And uh, that device measures uh, all, of the, uh, all of the variables. So it measures the actual temperature in the air, the, uh, the humidity, the wind speed, and then also looks at uh, solar radiation or cloud cover. Uh, to uh, to factor in uh, all of those uh, pieces to come up with that uh, to that reading. Uh, can you explain the current heat proto procedure rules in layman's terms for parents and students? Uh, yes. So our procedures are based on uh, different measures of the wet bulb globe temperature, and there's different parameters and different cutoff points. So. 92.1 of the wet bulb glow temperature is where we wouldn't be able to go outside, anything higher than that. Um, and there's different numbers below that where more specific for football, they would be able to wear pads without the uh, full pads. They just wear shoulder pads. Um, and then lower than that, they could just wear T-shirts but still go outside. We also have restrictions on how long they could be out there and how many water breaks they have to have during that time period when they're outside. Uh, for sports that don't have a lot of equipment issues, then they don't have as much restrictions because they don't have those parameters in place. So they'd be able to practice um, like tennis with just their normal practice clothes on. Uh, what are some of the things coaches are doing to continue to condition and prepare athletes while abiding to the heat protocol? Uh, coaches are doing uh, uh, various different things. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of times, if the uh, temperatures are too high to go out, then the coaches will uh, move their practices into a gym or uh, inside to the weight room. Uh, one of our uh, indoor facilities like that to continue working uh, with their athletes, with their sports, and uh, uh, doing their activities. Um, it's a little bit more challenging with um, uh, sports like uh, baseball or or football where you have to have a lot of space, uh, but they can still do a lot of strength training. They can still do some conditioning activities in the gyms, uh, things of that nature to be able to get uh, get their uh, practices in or, or keep their athletes in shape anyway until, uh, until going or being able to go outside. Um, football specifically has moved a lot of their workouts to the mornings uh, so that they're able to uh, go out and still get their practice in and do all of their activities uh, before the temperatures uh, get above that acceptable level. Uh, yeah, and Mr. Woodall mentioned baseball. Like, that's another good example of something they've done to accommodate. Um, wet bulb globe takes into whether you're in sunlight or not, so they will practice in, outside but in the shade. They've gone out to the breezeway and been able to do some conditioning and running in the breezeway, so it's still in the shade and therefore cooler temperatures on their body, but they can still practice and get some stuff in. 
Whenever I was interviewing one of the athletes, he brought up how that he can't practice in the afternoons, but games are still in the afternoons. So does the protocol affect game schedules at all? So the the protocol uh, is considered when whenever we have uh, have games, but uh, that's not the only factor that's taken into consideration. So uh, games are a little bit different because of the level of participation, the number of reps that are built into a game. So in practice, uh, practices are typically an hour forty five, two hours can be up to three hours long uh, in practice, and you're doing reps just repetitively. So they're you know rep after rep after rep and then they get a short break and then they go back and they're doing more reps uh, and then they switch to a different type of activity but still more reps and so there's very limited time for the uh, body to be able to dissipate heat. Uh, in a game, there's built-in rest breaks. Offense is on the field for a period of time, and then they come off, and they can go sit on the bench, get in front of a fan, hydrate, you know, get some rest so that their body's able to dissipate heat uh, before they go back out and have uh, more reps whenever the, the defense comes off the field, and then they have that opportunity. So uh, because of the nature of a game versus practice, uh, we don't always cancel or move those games. It kind of depends on all of the factors. But we do consider that protocol, and we meet with the coaches, with the game officials, and uh, administrators to determine if uh, adjustments to the game schedule are needed. Uh, we have pushed back some of our games to start at later times uh, to be able to accommodate for that whenever we anticipated that the uh, that the wet bulb globe value was going to be very high. Um, so we can make those adjustments, but we don't require it for games just because of the nature. Uh, the other piece of it is is that by uh, following these requirements during the week, our athletes are uh, not depleting their ability to thermoregulate or control their internal temperature. So uh, by uh, keeping them out of those conditions for the vast part of the week, they're more able to participate in that without completely depleting themselves uh, whenever they go out into a game. There's also other parameters of the games we control that by meeting the officials, they'll put those in. So, for instance, when we host freshman or JV games, um, those are played a little bit earlier when it's a little bit warmer. So we have an extra timeout built into the middle of every quarter that the coaches don't have to call. They don't have to use a team timeout. It's just a timeout water break for everybody to get some water, get some rest. Uh, we recently hosted Davila and SFA Middle School football here at Merrill Green Stadium, and both sides sat on one side so they could sit in the shade because only one side was sh the shade of the press box. So they were able to cool off that way as well. Uh, is the heat mandate put in place by Brian ISD, district, or state? So uh, we have a district protocol that, that we follow. Um, it is the recommended uh, protocol, but, uh, but the state doesn't have any mandated uh, protocol as far as this goes. Now, the, the state's governing body, the UIL, uh, has suggested this as a recommendation, but because they don't have an enforcement arm, they don't typically make uh, mandates or, or requirements out of these. They, they uh, make recommendations based on the, the evidence. So, but this is a uh, district protocol that we follow. With the procedure in place for everything from athletics to band, how have you seen it impact the school as a whole? I would say uh, as a whole, we haven't seen a, because we've been following these protocols for several years, uh, I would say that we haven't seen a, uh, a huge impact, um, adverse impact. Um, this year has obviously been hotter. Uh, the early part of this year was hotter than what we've experienced in recent uh, school years. So, uh, so there has been less uh, outdoor activities initially. 
because of that. But um, but I don't feel like it's had a huge negative impact. Um, we're still able to get practices in in the morning. And because those temperatures are higher in the morning, we're still getting acclimated to the conditions, uh, still able to get out there and get the reps in. And, uh, and then, uh, as uh, Mr. Cox had said, the uh, teams have found uh, innovative ways to be able to continue to participate uh, despite the, the conditions out there. So, um, you know, I think that we've had to be innovative and come up with some new ideas and a different approach to things, but it hadn't been, uh, hadn't had a terrible uh, negative impact or anything. So I know obviously you said you've taken measures to keep everybody safe, but have you still seen more heat-related injuries or illnesses this year? I wouldn't say that we've seen more. Um, we always see some heat-related illnesses um, uh, at the very beginning of seasons, uh, especially this time of year when it's hot. Um, but uh, Coach Cox and I were talking about it um, not too long ago and uh, feel like we've actually seen less muscle cramping uh, this year during games than what we've seen uh, in previous years. Um, and as far as other uh, more uh, extreme heat illnesses, uh, we haven't seen any increase in those numbers uh, that I've experienced. You know, we do have uh, student athletes that, that uh, uh, get sick during participation. They start to experience what, um, what looks like or, or feels like a heat illness. But a lot of times when we get into that, uh, it can be related to other conditions. Like, for example, if uh, somebody goes out and to play a game and hasn't eaten lunch, um, you know, then that's going to lead to a heat type illness because they're not going to have the, the nutrients they need and the energy they need to be able to participate. And, uh, and then they'll start to have that, um, that drawn down groggy feeling and they may get sick to their stomach because they don't have anything in their stomach and, and they're out there trying to participate. And so, um, so we have seen some of that, but, uh, but no more than usual. Is there anything else you guys would like to add about the heat protocol? You know, um, you know, again, I mean, it's just something that, that is in the best interest of, uh, of our students, students and student athletes. Uh, you know, the idea behind it is to protect everybody and, and to, uh, allow us to go out and participate when, uh, when the environment, uh, is such that we can, but, but we've got to be cognizant of what's going on and, and, uh, take care of our uh, students and protect them. Um, you know, the majority of, uh, heat related fatalities happen during practice, um, nationally, I think it's like about 96% of heat-related um, uh, fatalities ha occur during a practice, not during an event. And, um, you know, it, it's very important that we do what we can to prevent those because uh, heat-related illnesses and, and, uh, and deaths are 100% preventable. Uh, so taking these measures to protect uh, students and student-athletes is uh, at the forefront of what we do, and, and uh, we want to make sure that we're doing as well as we can. Yeah, I think with this new heat policy, it's it's just something that takes getting used to that ultimately it'll be great for everyone involved. Um, but it's just like when any new rule comes in place, there's going to be people that kind of not forward or not in favor of it, not the biggest fans, but they'll learn to adapt and overcome. And it won't be such an issue going forward. Um, just like when, you know, concussions first came around, you started having to do concussion return to play protocol, you know, People said, oh, well, we didn't do it that way. You just had your bell rung. And now they recognize that concussions are a serious issue. And as we go through this process, people will learn to realize that this is just for the best of the athletes, and it is a serious issue. We're just trying to prevent any kind of illness and injury and death even. Well, thank you both so much for coming in to speak with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Of course.